The thrill and excitement of March Mania is here, and DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps, is giving new customers a shot to turn 5 bucks into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any college basketball bet. You can find all the lines and available odds, of course, at the DraftKings Sportsbook app. North Carolina listeners, don't forget, DraftKings Sportsbook is now live in your state. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code SBNFL. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bonus bets only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code SBNFL. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility, deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. All right, guys, here we go. Hey, seven and two. You fired up? Seven and two, baby. How about that, man? Go over to Frankfurt, go to Berlin and get a W. It was beautiful. How about that? Seven and two, baby. Yep. Had a good time over there. The Dolphins. Yeah, hey, they're, they're six and two. Another AFC power to get a W. How come nobody in Kansas City feels good about being seven and two and being one of the best teams? I feel good about AFC? it. I'm fine. Are you? I'm in a good mood. Okay. Okay. So I, got, I got time off. You got to, okay. Chiefs are oh, seven and two. We're rolling right now. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Bye week. Yeah. I don't know why. When I hear Patrick Mahomes say, yeah, man, "We're gonna figure this offense thing out. We're gonna figure this <laughs> offense thing out." Like, I, I maybe one of the first times ever. I, I he he got hit with a Ron Hughley eye roll. One of the first times of okay, Josh. Okay, man. All right, man. Just, <laughs> hey, why don't you just like I'm almost to a point. Like it was 21 to nothing. And I said, hey man, just don't mess it up. I, yep. Hey man, we got like just don't like I, mean, I said it. I sent out a tweet. I said the only way the Dolphins get back in this game is if the Chiefs help them. And then, and then, like and we, I just I do want to because I, I want to start off because there there are obvious issues that we need to attack and address. I want to start off with a couple of things though. Like just the, the the to the point of it is, and I, I just you guys can quickly answer. Andy Reid, best effort in Sunday's game. No, I mean no, no, no. I, I'm no. assuming this is what you're looking for. I, 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 I'm I'm going I, to say I, I, no, yeah. but I don't. I don't. I mean, hell, if you, if you Andy just, needed if you, to buy too. He needs. If some you time. say if you say yes, then you answer honestly. I don't think so. But Andy, yeah, no. My best. my honest answer is a, a, a no. definitive no. Patrick Mahomes, best effort? No. no. God, no. Travis Kelsey. I mean, I understand what happened, but, I mean, you go three for 14. I mean, you're not you're not heavily <laughs> I, I actually – He still became the all-time leading receiving yard tracker. Yeah, good I actually I, – I don't think it was on Kelsey. I think I think we have seen at this point, and I know Chiefs fans are going to get mad at me for saying it, I, I think Kelsey slowed down, and I, I think that he is having a tougher time getting the explosive plays, and I think on Sunday – the Dolphins said anybody but Kelsey. He yeah. is not beating us, and they took him away. So I don't think that was Kelsey's fault. But to answer your he question, he didn't impact. He wasn't like, a major. No, he no. wasn't a major impact. This was not a Kelsey big game. Chris Jones. No. Oh God, no. 
those are your yeah, Chris Jones did did what he could to try to hurt you. But those are the four Hall of Fame level players that you have on this team. Like like almost bona fide, three of them are and Chris Jones. None of them were were great. None of them were great. <laughs> and you played what who had the same record as you in the AFC and you won. And none of your four cornerstone good player, great players were great. And some of them weren't even close to it. And you still won the game. And I know we're going to talk about the offense. And I know people talk about the offense. But, man, I listen, I have been a believer in the Chiefs defense. I said last week, hey, we got to start looking at this. Is, this might be the best, best defense in football. And then they went and did a number on the Dolphins and gave up 14 points, which really shouldn't have been 14 because Patrick Mahomes helped them uh, and the Chiefs offense with the fumble. And then Chris Jones wanted to add add on it and make this a, 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 a tougher game than it had to be. So at the very least, it should have been 10. Fellas, I didn't listen. I'm a believer. I didn't think they were going to go and do that. I didn't think they were going to handcuff those receivers and just – I mean, they're so physical. I thought it was Dale Carter and James Hasty out there just beating them up on the line of scrimmage. And I mean, it's this defense is even better than I thought it was. It's awesome. And it's I, I don't think it's the best in the NFL. I think it's two or three. I think Baltimore boasts the best defense in the league right now. If you look at some of the numbers that they're putting up, man, it's the best since the 2000 Ravens. But we said this a couple of weeks ago, dude. This is the year of the defense, and among the great defensive performances around the league, the Chiefs legitimately stand out. And it's because, in part, Ron, this is based on the number of snaps that they're getting from these guys, if you just for the snap counts, the youngest defense in the league. There is no defense that is younger on average than the Kansas City Chiefs. And yet... They are putting together a performance that is, I mean, conservatively speaking, top three to five in the NFL. Nobody could have seen this coming. We all thought that this could be the deepest defense that the Chiefs have had, but that was compared to bad defenses for the most part. The Chiefs haven't been good defensively in recent years. You don't even have to adjust for the Chiefs tax. This is just an excellent defense regardless of who you compare them to. It's it's so much fun to watch, and the last thing that I needed to see them do, Ron, was do it against an opponent like that. Do it against Tyreek Hill. Do it against Tua Tungavailoa. Do it against an offensive coordinator that's going to find ways to exploit your weaknesses. And despite all of that, man, the Chiefs scored seven on defense and the Dolphins scored 14 on offense. That is unbelievable. Unbelievable. Yeah, I, I, yeah, I had no I had no idea that they would put – like it's. I thought the secondary was good. And that's the other part. Chris Jones wasn't dominant. Like Chris Jones was that I think he took up double double teams and he was impacted the game because he allowed others to go single coverage and I mean and 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 they got pressure on him and made him move off his spot. But it's like it's not like you're a great player, but we gotta start saying this though. Uh, and I think maybe like Trent McDuffrey and, and Legarius Sneed are great players too. Uh it, 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 like they're they're great players as well. And so they they were great. I mean, Legereus Need again, primarily covering Tyreek Hill. It's the second time they've done this. Where it, like Justin Jefferson earlier this year and Tyreek Hill 
Trust me, who's on my fantasy team, bangs out 60-something yards. And it's just like the physicality that they play with, I mean, they didn't care how many illegal hands to the face or holdings they got off the line of scrimmage for five yards. They were going to be in their grill, and you see McDuffie running stride for stride with Tyreek across the field and then making, obviously, the impact play of the game uh, with the strip and then, you know, them going Travis Kelsey and just pitching the ball to people and Brian Cook, high knees Cook, uh, all the way up and down the sideline. And they went, I mean, it is just ridiculous. And, and, and the part that gets me as you look at kind of the broader thing is, like the Chiefs get away with this, and this is and this is going to be one of the things that potentially are the good luck, the luck charms, the fortunate fortunate thing in this run is they kind of have a cheat code with Steve Spagnola. He's he's not going anywhere. <laughs> like he's not gonna leave to get a job, right? He's not, he's not. He's not he's not going to get another head coaching job. He's going to be the Chiefs defensive coordinator for as long as he wants to be. And he appears to be getting better. Like you can see like sometimes it's like oh man some players boy they just play great. No man, those blitzes that he's that he's scheming up to get McDuffie and getting him in, getting Wharton sacks, getting I mean the pressure he's able to get to throw off the timing and he's going nowhere. Nobody's hiring him as a head coach. And this is, I mean, this is this could be the start of something for a very long time. And this dude is like Benjamin Button or something. He's getting better <laughs> with age. I mean, it's just it's insane, this Chiefs defense. I, I think it was never more apparent than this game against the Dolphins that like what the Chiefs have been doing over the last couple of years, rebuilding this defense through the draft was. They were identifying a specific kind of player that fits in Steve Spagnuolo's system and fitting them and finding identity types, athletic profile types that fit what he wants to do defensively because he, more so than almost any defensive coordinator in the NFL, really asks his guys in the secondary to do a lot. Like They're going to play a lot of press man coverage. His safeties are going to be really active. They're going to move all over the field. They're going to have to come up, make tackles. They're going to have to blitz. He's going to send corners on blitzes and like do all of that stuff. And in years past, he's had like a couple of pieces that fit that mold, like Tyron Matthew when he was when he was still a great player and Legarius Sneed and his development over the last couple of years. But now the entire defense is loaded with those guys. And so Spags is over here just playing at the best version of himself that he possibly could be. But I, I think too, like, even going into that game, and we've already seen the secondary lockdown number one wide receivers and some of the best pass catchers in the NFL. Coming into the season, we talked about Chris Jones and why everything was built around him. I don't think it's built around Chris Jones necessarily anymore. It's built around the secondary. Like it's built around what those guys are doing and how special they've been so far this season because the pass rush has been great. But like it was never more apparent to me than against the Dolphins who want to get things out quick. They want they want to move the ball. They want to throw the ball quick. Tua couldn't throw the ball quick simply because there was nobody to throw the ball to because the secondary had everything locked down. And that's what was leading to pressure at the end of the day. Like the defense is playing well and playing at such an elite level because the secondary is helping everything else out. And then it's all moving forward to the pass rush. It, 
it was an incredible performance. I, I've never been more impressed with them, and they've been elite all season, basically. I know I last think week, Ron. Go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. I know last week, Ron, there was a lot of conversations about the Tyreek Hill trade and would the Chiefs have been better off by just keeping him because now they have so many issues with their wide receiver core. And this was just another reminder in this game of why they made that trade. Now, you can agree with it or disagree with it. I, I didn't like it at the time, but I, I understood it. I understood the logic behind it. And what Serta is saying there about both the youth and the depth that they have been able to develop defensively via free agency as well, because they went out and they got Drew Tranquil. They went out and they got Mike Edwards this offseason. They signed Charles Aminihue to be able to add to the depth of this, this defense. That is all possible because of the picks and the money that they have from that deal. I mean, it shouldn't be lost on anybody that the guy that caused that fumble by Tyree Kill was the one that they selected with the pick in which they received from the Tyreek Hill trade in Trent McDuffie. And then the other guy that ended up running it in and Brian Cook was a guy that you were able to get because you had excess draft capital. So like, these are the kinds of things that are possible when you make these bold decisions. Brett Veach is on a heater right now when it comes to what he's doing on the defensive side of the football. Now we'll get to the offense and we'll get to some of the issues on that side of the ball, but on defense between he and Steve Spagnolo and what they've been able to do melding together the belief system, melding together the identity of what they want that defense to be. We are seeing it come to a crescendo right now. And it is, I mean, it, it's so much better than any of us could have possibly expected it to be. And Serta's also right. It is from the secondary in. That is how they built this thing. See, uh, what I was going to say was, like, yeah, I, I, I still think in parts it's built kind of around Chris, but they've shown it doesn't have to be. <laughs> they've shown they can they can they can be like like they not just good they can be dominant without him being dominant and then it's just a whole nother level when he's unblockable which is often i mean it, it's a whole nother level when he's like he was against jacksonville where you, yep. you, you know you just can't do anything with him and it's a whole nother level but they, yeah these they, these jokers in the second like you're right though in the secondary they cause some of these sacks in the secondary like it is and that's a team that wants to get uh get the ball out quick and see and this is why okay i've tried it see i tried to be all pat you know positive <laughs> i really have and see this is the where the podcast audience he took his glasses off well you'd have to tell the people that i mean they could hear the <laughs> distress in my voice i listen i this is why this ticks me off is like when I when I think about everything we just talked about defensively, like this this is like this is this is the type of defense where you're talking about like '95 and '97, where the Chiefs were built that way, like they were built with dominant defenses under Marty. Like you're, you're talking in that stratosphere. What ticks me off is when I say everything out loud about what this team has. If you really understand and know football, which I know many of our listeners do, this should be the best team in Chiefs history. But instead, what we watch every week, I'm not sure as a total team that this team ain't the worst the way they look in the Mahomes era. They got a kicker that can't miss, hasn't missed a kick, they got a really good punter. Like special teams are are decent until 
they try to turn it over. But special teams is, is, is pretty good. This is the best defense easily in the Mahomes era. And then when you think about what this defense is, when I say it out loud, you got a top three at the very least defense. I'd argue and put them up number one. You can have the Ravens, whatever. I'd argue putting them number one with everything, especially when they're completely healthy, with the versatility and all of the parts they have. But you got a top at the very least three defense. You have the absolute best player on the planet, the best quarterback in the game, the best quarterback arguably of all time in Patrick Mahomes. You have a top 10 at the very least in years past, a top five weapon in Travis Kelsey. This is arguably, I would say, maybe there's an argument for Kareem Hunt the first year that he was here with Mahomes. There's an argument that this with Pacheco is the best running game that you have had in the Mahomes era right up there. And you have the best coach in football and the best offensive mind since Bill Walsh. When you say that out loud, when you pair that all up together, like that should be the most dominant team that the Chiefs have ever had. That sounds like a top five offense and a top three defense with a kicker that doesn't miss and a great coach. But they look like they would get housed by every single Chiefs team, including that team that couldn't stop Julian Edelman. That, I mean, they see like like they see when you watch them, like they're scoring nine points against the Denver Broncos and 19 in the game they win. That's the part that's disappointing is when I say it out loud and I see the parts, this should be the best team in Chiefs history. And it all comes down to the offense. It all comes down to can the offense get this figured out? Ron, if I had simply told you right now, they just got to score 20, BK. That's it. If I told you, by the end of the year, the Chiefs are fourth in yards per drive offensively and fifth in points per drive offensively, would you sign up for that? Sure. Well, as of today, they're pretty damn close to that. The reason why they're not as high as they probably should be, they're ninth in points per drive so far this year. They are fourth in yards per drive, though. They're they're putting up the yards. They're just not finishing them. They need to score more in the red zone. Right now, you're at the worst red zone offense that you've had in the Mahomes era. If you had simply scored two more touchdowns in the red zone this year than what you have, if you finish two more of those drives and you convert them into touchdowns instead of field goals, we are talking about a team that would be in the top five still in points per drive on the season. So that's just getting them back to their average years under the Mahomes era with Pat, with Pat Mahomes and Andy Reid. I, I don't think that's crazy to believe that they'll get back to that. I don't think this is going to be a dominant offense. I don't think there's any range of outcomes in which that takes place. But I think they can be pretty good, and all they've got to do is just finish a couple of more drives, avoid a couple of these interceptions that they've been dealing with so far this year. They're bottom 10 in the league and turnovers on the season. Like those are the kinds of things that have to change. And if they do, the offense is going to start feeling better, even if it is still kind of herky jerky overall. It's I think. If, well, they haven't done it yet. BK. But if you're, if you're a Chiefs fan with how this defense is playing and if they stay healthy and they're going to get Nick Bolton back and be even better at some point down the line this season, 
Like if they keep this up all season, and I truly, truly believe that this is an elite level defense. The only thing I think you need to see from the offense this season is that in the playoffs, in the crucial moments, Patrick Mahomes can go make you plays and get a touchdown when you really need one. I don't think any Chiefs fan is confident right now that the offense can do that because they haven't done that this season. And like even in that second half where it's like, you know, 20, 21 to seven and the Dolphins are coming back and, and you're like feeling the pressure and you're like, OK, go do something offensively. Well, they did nothing offensively in the second half of that game. And so I understand if it's hard to feel that way right now, but over the second half of the season, I think that's all you need to see from the offense. They don't have to drop 35 points a game and be the highest scoring offense in the NFL in the second half of the season. You just need to be confident that in a crucial moment of the game, Patrick Mahomes and this offense can be competent enough to go get you a score when you absolutely need one in the playoffs. That's all that matters the rest of the season. And Ron, if I just ask you this simple question, I'm curious your answer. What do the Chiefs do well offensively right now? And what would you say is the Chiefs' identity currently on offense? I, um, the no thing that I – Well, I mean, but they haven't been able to consistently do that, right? I mean, I guess if they do do well is Mahomes to Kelsey, that's one thing, when they can. Like, the, like that's the thing. The two things that I do well that I think they do well has limits to it, whether it is how the defense plays them or what they do to themselves. Like, I think they run the football well with with Isaiah Pacheco when they want to. I think they I think they stop themselves in many occasions of of running the football and taking advantage of that. See the Denver game. And then I think what they do well is also the the obviously the combination for Mahomes and Kelsey. I think they what were they like 20 like they had like 26 targets in a row uh, completed something like that. They do that well until like what the Broncos and the Dolphins did, which is what everyone's going to do, mm-hmm. is when they just say to hell with it. We're just going to completely take them away. I think those are the two things that they do well. But right now, those two things have a limit, whether they do it themselves or, or not. And the identity, I don't know. I have no idea what the identity is. And I think that's got to be the goal. Like, Serta said this is just has to be a team that Mahomes is able to make the plays late. And that there's a lot of truth to that. There's validity in what he's saying there because the defense is going to keep you in every game. They're they're good enough to do that, even against the type of competition that you're going to see in the playoffs. But in the first three and a half quarters, last year I knew who this team was offensively. And you could say they have a very specific identity that they're going to run through at all times. That has to be in the second half of the year coming out of this bye week, what they develop. They have to develop, this is who we are. This is what we do well offensively. And when we really need it, we can always go back to this. And right now, there is nothing that you can point to. Even with Travis Kelsey, like while that is an identity piece for them and something that they do well a lot of the time, it is not something that we have seen over the last couple of weeks that works every time. You got to find that easy button, man. And right now the Chiefs offense has zero easy buttons that they can consistently go to. Yeah, and 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 I and the thing is, the frustrating frustrating thing is that there's there I think there are at least there are some there. At least at least Pacheco. Like I think that is one 
that is there. And like the part that was frustrating was right, you could see it like one the two things in that second half. It was like one, just don't do anything to help them. And they did. And then is it just felt like, all right, just get one drive. Like one drive to just get points. Like one drive just to get a field goal would just change the complexity of the game. When it's 21 to 7, if it's 24 to 7, that changes the entirety of the game. When it got to to, to, to 21-14, go get a field, a drive to get a field goal. They couldn't do it. By the way, can we can we take the, the time? Uh, can we officially say that they're they're like not playing around anymore and just scrimmaging and not, not taking it serious and they'll just can we can we dismiss that now? Fine, fine, whatever, fine. Because they because they're they were, bad, all right. They're they're they bad. Were, they're bad. I'm not saying they're bad, but they sure was trying like hell against the Dolphins in that second half. It was it was because they were just just hey just figuring it out, playing around. Nah, they was trying to ass off for them 38 yards passing that they got in that second half. <laughs> <laughs> they were, like all right, so you, and you kind of hinted towards it. If the thought is, are they going to the bye week? And this is traditionally Andy Reid time, right? Where he looks within, sees themselves what they do well, what they don't, and what things they need to change, and then looks at at the game plan, and he's obviously got the historic record after the bye week. And the thought is, what do they need to do? And and I'm trying to think of realistic things that can improve coming out of the bye week. And to me, I tried it last week, fellas. I did. I really did. And I think there is still some validity what you guys are saying about the receivers. But I watched that game, and it confirmed even more my feelings of I'm looking at Andy Reid and I'm looking at Patrick Mahomes. And to me, the thing that those two can do is Patrick Mahomes can stop playing like Josh Allen and start playing like Patrick Mahomes in the second half, and Andy Reid can start coaching like Andy Reid and not Matt LaFleur. Like, that's what it, like, that's what it feels like. They're not bad. They're not horrible, but they're not to the level of what you think. And as I've said before, these guys, clearly the wide receivers, are going to need help. And one of the things you felt comfortable about was you had Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes. Well, not when you got Matt LaFleur and Josh Allen masquerading in those jerseys and in that jacket <laughs> over there. It's not going to be at the top. Like I like for, for, for me, Andy – I'm telling you, I don't know how Rasheed Rice doesn't touch the ball if they are triple teaming uh, Travis Kelsey and the last catch he makes is midway through the second quarter. And it's a hell of a catch, to be honest with you. Don't give me the trust thing, Pat. I'm about to, I'm, I'm going to tell you right now, if I hear that one more time, that Mahomes doesn't trust these receivers, kiss my arse. Like, you better start doing something. You better start figuring something out. Like, I don't know what else Rasheed Rice has to do to gain your trust to give him a target after he caught that ball flying to the ground to pick up that and very proved to be very important first down. Like, can you get – like, like, hey, man, we get a screen for a touchdown. And it don't seem like he would have got stopped. Hell, if, if, if he didn't have to be stopped in the end zone, that would have been a bigger game. We don't see that one again. Like there ain't a there ain't an on purpose one to get to Rasheed. I know many people can't stand Kadarius Tony after that first game. He gets a slant for 19 yards, can't be tackled. 
we're done. Like how in the world, the first play of the game, you can get MV, you can scheme up MVS, that stuff. They need help. We get it. But you guys are the helpers. You guys are the fixers. And you ain't doing it. uh, I think we've seen stretches like this before with Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes, though, where it, it feels like they're still trying to figure things out. And you're like, Man, like we we expect so much more out of you guys, and it feels like it's just not working, and like you guys haven't figured it out. And I, I think I, I think I talked about it last week. Like, I think Andy really, really needed this buy. Like he he needed it to come, and it, it it's great that coming out of the buy, you have a Super Bowl rematch against the Philadelphia Eagles because the Chiefs should be locked in for that, and they should dial up a really good game plan. But I think that Andy, for the first time, like offensively, they just they had so many question marks and so many things that probably didn't pan out the way they were hoping they were going to pan out this season. And I think that's going to be the biggest thing. It's not going to be Mahomes. Like I'm pretty confident that Mahomes is going to get better as the season goes on. And over the second half, I think they really needed Andy to get to this by to make the adjustments and to dive into everything and figure out what's not working and, and what he can make work down the stretch, because a lot of it's just not working at all right now. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady. Live only on Netflix. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Ron, I don't know what to do with Patrick Mahomes. I don't I don't know how much to blame him. I don't know how little to blame him. I don't know what to say about him at this point in time. Because if we judge Patrick Mahomes on his own standards, what he has set for himself, first of all, we are comparing him to the greatest stretch of quarterback play we have ever seen in the history of the NFL. That is the bar with which has been set for him. So compared to that, it ain't good, man. It has not looked good enough, but he is throwing to receivers that I know, Ron, you can tell me to kiss your arse, but he doesn't trust them. He doesn't. And I don't know if that's on him or if it's on them. I I don't know. He is playing right now behind an offensive line that I don't think on Sunday he trusted them. I think there are times when it seems like he doesn't trust the play call to be able to, to get the intended result. And all of that being said, Man, I look up some of the numbers on Mahomes this year. He's seventh in completion percentage, seventh in touchdown percentage, fifth in success rate, third in QBR. He has the lowest sack rate in the NFL, and he's fifth in net yards per attempt. With how bad this offense has been, how terrible it feels as if he has been playing with a wide receiver core that feels like it can do nothing. He has been, objectively speaking, a top five quarterback in the league because this is, again, like we've been saying about the Chiefs defense, 
the year of the defense and all quarterbacks around the league are really struggling to figure things out. So as I talk to you today, Ron, and you ask me how many quarterbacks have been playing, like name the quarterback that has been better without question than Mahomes this season. I don't know that I could quickly rattle a name off for you because all of them for the most part have been bad. So I I say all of that to say like, I don't know what to do with him, man. I don't think he's played particularly well. And yet I look at the context of what the league has done around him this year. And it's hard for me to say he's been bad. I don't know what to do with it. It's this is the strongest case we've had in a while for a quarterback, not to be MVP this season, like across the entire league. Like it's, it's been that bad. Yeah, he's got. And Ron, you said, sure. He's got a. You want to hear some of these other? Let me give you some of these other numbers. Josh Allen, nine interceptions. Jalen Hurts, eight interceptions on the season. Like we can continue doing this with other guys around the league as well. Everybody's turning it over. Everybody is struggling to move the ball consistently. Quarterback play is abysmal this year, and I don't know if it. Lamar's been really good, but if you look at some like almost any other number other than the turnovers, he hasn't been doing particularly great in terms of the volume statistics but he I'm has talking, nine but I'm talking about for, he's got nine but they're they're running they they get a lot of they get a lot of scores from inside the five with their running game and when you Absolutely. talk about they've got a really good running game like lamar's been playing better than he has it's but the, overall their like, pa- passing game is not a volume passing game like they don't pass it that much and they also like it's all like sideline to sideline. Like Lamar's not throwing the football down the field and creating these like big splash plays. Like they're leaning into, we just need to score 25, 30 points a game. And our defense is going to just crush everybody. And yeah, and, they're and he's getting sacked a ton. He's, he's also getting sacked a ton. Like I, I don't know that Lamar has been playing significantly better this year than Mahomes has. I think he's better. I don't think it's by as wide of a margin as we're giving it credit for though, because I, I I think offense around the league has just been really, really yeah, terrible. Yeah. So but, but, I want to be critical of Mahomes because when I watch these games on Sundays, I think to myself, God, Mahomes has to be better. Like this is not the quarterback that we are used to seeing. He should not be leading the MVP conversation right now. That's nonsense that these receivers, we can see them at times getting open and he's not finding them. Like I want to get on here on Thursdays and just – pound the alarm of guys Mahomes is not looking like Mahomes something is wrong and yet I look at the context of what's happening around him and it kind of feels like Ron you'll understand this reference I'm not sure sir unfortunately that you will but there was a, a season a few years ago in Major League Baseball where the home runs were just pew 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 it was missiles all over the field it was like Juice yo ball. what's going on here like there you go what's going on here like good pitchers are getting shellacked and it turns out it was it was juice balls. Like the the they changed the ball and the entire league changed because of that. I can't explain why that is happening right now because I don't understand defensive mechanics well enough to be able to tell you why offenses are struggling the way that they are. But something is happening in the league right now that is preventing NFL offenses from having success on a regular basis. And the Chiefs, they're the team we watch the most where we see it. But it's happening to all these teams around the league, man. Yeah, I, I just my, my thing is I'm not he's not been awful. He's been Josh Allen. And but Josh some people Allen, would tell you that Josh Allen's an MVP candidate this year because of how I'll he's say, played. But, we, mean, but not, we not the way they played recently. But 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 we know that that's not gonna like that's that there is a real there's a real difference between Josh Allen and Patrick Mahomes. 
like the the Josh Allen and the Patrick Mahomes that we know of. And I'm talking about the things that Mahomes can control, not the stuff that the receiver stuff. I'm talking about the things he can control. He is playing like Josh Allen. And Josh Allen obviously isn't bad, but he's a turnover machine. All right. Pat's got 11 turnovers. He's got eight interceptions and three fumbles. And that is, I mean, I think Josh is 18 and nine. I don't know how many fumbles he has. And Pat's 17 and eight with the three fumbles. That like that, that the, the difference between Pat and, and, and Josh Allen is they both have high touchdown numbers and yards and explosiveness, but one of them doesn't turn the ball over so carelessly as the other one does. But Patrick Mahomes is doing that. And when you have a lesser cast, they can't afford for him to do that. And that's what that that's all I'm saying is like the the way this thing to me most realistically gets fixed and gets better after the buy is those two individuals who Andy, who is what we have seen since he's been here, the best at scheming up things, has got to be the guy that schemes up things more consistently. Like I don't don't show me the first drive of the game, and now you can't get nobody else open while they're triple while they're triple teaming Kelsey. That's insane to me. I uh, just he's I just have I have the belief that Andy Reid is too good to not be able to figure that out. Like figure it out Perfect. to a point to figure it out to the point. Like these guys ain't trash. Now listen, I like it should be to a point where hey, if they drop eight passes, I got it. Like they're not even like it, it's it's not even like McCall Hardman's not running five yards past the line of scrimmage. Like, Trevor, like, it, Trevor yeah. Lawrence has been good this year, right? We can agree with that. He's been he's he's okay. his numbers aren't great, but he's been all right. So they're let me let me ask this a different offense hasn't been great, but it's fine. Who's the quarterback other than Lamar that you think's been good this year? Let me let me ask it that way because Lamar this year has three interceptions but ten fumbles. Like. It's fumbling the ball and left and right. And they have one of the worst red zone offenses. Uh, in the How many? He's got 10 lost uh, fumbles. But, but Tua's had huge boom that. games and then kind of average games. And, and Tua has seven interceptions on the season. Like, it, this is the problem is we can compare him to the as other quarterbacks around the league, and it's just really hard to find the guy that's been playing well. It's it's really, really hard to find the guy. Yeah. And but, so, like, but it's probably C.J. Stroud. Stop. I, but you won't hear oh, any argument here. <laughs> One interception. Right, he's at least not turning the ball over like all of all right, these other guys. Let's let's switch him. All right. Um, <laughs> let's switch him right now. Um, listen, again, I he is he is playing in a rate where he is compar- comparable to these guys. And what I'm saying is right, but these guys I, have a better surrounding cast right now, Ron. And this is why I'm struggling with it. Like I in my heart of hearts, when I watch on Sundays, I'm where you're at. I am. I am thinking to myself, Pat, this is ridiculous, dude. Like, you have to get it together. At some point, you've got to be able to figure it out with the supporting cast. But the supporting cast isn't good. Like, they've got Travis Kelsey, who we know to be it's, a good football player. Well, but Rasheed Rice is inconsistent. And then every other receiver that you want to throw out there has not been good this season. They've just flat out been bad. The offensive line, I think, was terrible against the Dolphins. And I think at times this year, even in the passing game, and they've been abysmal with their running blocking, but in the passing game, I think there have been times where they've really struggled. They've struggled specifically with some of those stunts that we've seen Uh, against the Dolphins. We saw that against the Broncos. We saw that against the Jets. We saw that it's been some of the same mistakes that they're having 
I think that can get fixed. I think in the bye week, that would be the first thing that I could point to. That'll get better. But I think the stuff around Mahomes is such that it's it's been really hard for him to just flat out operate in a way that is anything meaningful compared oh. to what we've seen in previous and seasons. I also don't know if like when you look across the AFC, like how many other teams are, are we actually like willing to argue have like legitimately better offensive supporting casts than the Chiefs? Like it, it, at least at the top, like the Ravens, like. They got Gus Edwards, Keaton Mitchell, Justice Hill. Mark Andrews is obviously great. But, like, I think Zay Flowers as a rookie is kind of on pace with what Rasheed Rice is. Rashad Bateman and Odell Beckham. Like, Odell Beckham is just a total, like, skeleton. Their offensive line is injury prone and they're in and out. It's, like, like, like the, the Bengals. But it's been better than what the Chiefs Like, the, the Bengals, obviously, and they got off to the slow start because of the Burrow injury. They're coming on now. Like, Cincinnati, yes. Absolutely. But like Buffalo, it's Diggs and kind of everybody else. Like they, they don't really like James Cook hasn't been super reliable. Like Dalton Kincaid's kind of coming on. Gabe Davis is who he is. Like they're probably at this point because most of those guys are have a couple years in the league, at least like they're probably better than what the Chiefs have, but not significantly better outside of Stefan Diggs and him being a legitimate elite number one wide receiver. Miami, obviously. Jacksonville, yeah, probably, but like it's not. I, I don't think it's as dramatic as like you would think it is when you really like dive. Absolutely into. not. And yeah, what, we could go to the what, NFC too, and I think a lot of the NFC teams, I would say, like Eagles, better supporting cast. Cowboys, better supporting cast. Uh, Lions, better supporting cast. 49ers, yeah, and, better supporting oh, yeah, cast. Yeah, Seahawks, yeah, better supporting cast. For sure. But in the, <laughs> AFC, I mean, we're we're up to like thirteen different teams though. Like. In the in the AFC, I don't I don't think it, it is. I don't like either. A, a and, huge wide gap in the NFC, and the, absolutely. And the part that I continue to say that should that we all expect, and this this gets to it again to make up the gap, is that Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes play and operate like Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes. Like I've let you go through, try to go through all these quarterbacks, and that's fine. He that he he generally is on another playing field than the rest of them, and I am sorry that I'm not going to sit here and just accept that it's it's all it's all of them is why that that Mahomes all the all the time I'm not going to say none of it, but that it's all you. it's just all of them that why like the difference of Juju Smith Schuster and Andrew Wiley seven seven and Orlando Brown is what it is that they can't deal with. You couldn't you didn't even look to find Rasheed Rice. Not one time. You didn't look like come on man. I just like and and Andy is and I, and I and here my glasses they're coming off again because I I I, I want to address this too. And this is why I where I'm getting like I'm getting hot thinking about it. And more points proof. Like if Isaiah Pacheco doesn't start getting the ball in short yardage I'm going to snap and I'm going to the, snap. Dude, they're so and, bad at running it in short yardage though. They can't do it. Okay. I, I, I watched the game against the Jags. I watched the game against the Jets when they made the decision to give the ball to Isaiah Pacheco and he got first downs in short yardage. And here is my other point that ticks me off even more is okay. Can he at least be on the damn field as a threat? Can he at least be on the field as a decoy? <laughs> they take. I'm. I just watched him. Well, Michael Pirine third in and the one. final possession. 
of the final offensive possession past the kneel down. It's third, it's second down and six or whatever it is after Kelsey gets the screen. Like we could have done we could have done that a couple of times, Andy. But after Kelsey gets the screen, he gets hit at the line of scrimmage and he pushes the pal forward for another two or three yards. And it sets up third and one. He comes off the field. Hell, I'm playing pass. I'm playing pass because I mean I'm I, like if you want to give it to McKinnon, I'm yeah. But this nut right here, this bulldozer. I'm sorry. The fact that he doesn't even put him on the field as a decoy is the part that makes no sense to me. And yes, I'm sorry. I'd give it to him. And they have been successful. They did it against the damn Jets. They did it repeatedly against the Jags at the end of the game after he was doing stupid stuff against the Lions the week before, and he decided to at least have him on the field. I'm sorry. Andy has known and knows and forgot more football than I will ever. It doesn't make sense to me that you don't even have him in as a threat and you put McKinnon in the damn game. And and, and besides that, I'll go and snap it to Travis Kelsey to hand it to McKinnon instead of Putting him, it's just insane to me. Now, you feel differently. It's insane to me that Pacheco's not even on the field, not even on the field on on short yardage. It's also worth noting, Jarek McKinnon, obviously, small sample size, hasn't gotten a ton of carries this season. He's one of the least efficient running backs in the NFL this year. (laughs) He's 31 years old. Maybe Jarek McKinnon should be out there in short yardage situations. Like, he's just not been very good this season. Yeah, I mean, it's been 50-50 so far this year when they've run Isaiah Pacheco on third and short. Um, I I think this offensive line stinks uh, in those situations. I I think they've been awful. The the new tackles that they've brought in, Ron, are – I think they've been mostly pretty good in pass pro. I think they've had their struggles in the last couple of weeks, but they have really, really struggled in these scenarios. And when they have passed it, like I – I hear what BK is saying. I, I hear him. Yeah, I don't want to run it outside. They have had good amounts of success when they run this thing up the gut. When they run the thing, BK, I hear what you're saying. They've had better. I'm not. I don't want them run it to the outside to the tackles. No, they've had good success when they've run it behind those three big jokers in the middle just for a freaking yard. That's it. And just please, even if you want to pass it, even if you want to yeah. pass, it, I get it. You don't want tendencies. Why is he not on the field? Like no, as I, soon I'm with as you. That, I'm with you. As soon as that happened, it had to trigger. Like that's the come on, Andy. You're better than that, man. Like you're better. I'm than totally that. with you. It, At he, least he, have him on the field, a threat. Pacheco's got to be the guy that's in there. I I completely agree with you on that, the hundred percent. And BK it, and they'll and they'll hand it off to no. McKinnon. They'll and hand I, it to it, him, and that's been horrible. I think the the biggest issue too is that we heard for years now, like Tooney, Creed, Trey, the interior and the running lanes that these guys open up. Like, okay, well, in short yardage, okay, I, I understand the tackles aren't the greatest run blockers in the world, but in short yardage situations, like if the interior of your offensive line is is dominant as it's supposed to be and as talented as it's supposed to be, like you should be able to get a yard. <laughs> like, like those guys should be able to get the job done. Two of the things that I would like to see from this team after the bye, Ron. One, the guy that we've been talking about with Jarek McKinnon, who should not be getting the ball on third and short. 
I do want to see him get more involved in the offense. I think he can be a part of what helps open up this passing game. We saw this against the Dolphins. The one time that they really got him involved was in the red zone and he was able to score the touchdown. He is a guy that they typically keep on ice in the first half of the season because he is uh, injury prone and the hits start to pile up on him by the end of the year when you really utilize him significantly in the first half. I think he's somebody they will start targeting again more significantly in the second half of the season. We saw it last year. I I think we'll see it again this year. The other thing they have to do, they have to find a play in short yardage spots. If you guys remember a couple of years ago, it was the fullback trap that they were running where it seemed to be an impossible play to stop. Every time they ran it up until like late in the season, guaranteed first down on third or fourth and short. They just continuously ran that. They tried the Blake Bell quarterback sneak stuff. Uh, they used to have that little uh, behind the behind the line of scrimmage slip screen type of thing that they would run to uh, Travis Kelsey. They utilized that at times with McColl in the past as well. They've had specific plays that everybody in the entire audience knows is coming and nobody can stop it. They don't have that this year. They don't have a play that they can go to that has started to work for them in those spots. That is something they absolutely have to do. I, I don't know if that's a run play, Ron. I don't know if it's one of the gadget plays that they like to design. Whatever it is, they've got to find something that works in those short yarder situations because they've been terrible in those spots this year. I think they should just start putting Chris Jones in the backfield in third and one and giving him the, the way football. that the Saints have with. Uh... <laughs> yes. Yeah. Somebody else before Pacheco. Colin Saunders. Why not? <laughs> Somebody else in line before Pacheco. Like, I, I, if, if I was Isaiah, I just wouldn't come off. <laughs> like, I, Roger Dorn, I'd stand off, and I would just, no, <laughs> no, I'm not coming off the field. No. I just, I just, I'm just like, man, Quentin Williams in the middle of the field, that Jets game, and they just, they were handing it to him, bam, getting first downs. Nah, man, we good, man. At Christian Wilkinson. And by the way, I, I don't, there was one play where there, there couldn't have been the plan for him just to come unblocked that ruined the drive. I, I, I digress. I just like that, like Andy and Pat to me, that, that's what I want to see. I want to see those guys look like the guys that we've seen. And I, I, and I think that's one of the most realistic things. Those two should be able to help the deficiencies of the receiving core. And I, I mean, I, and and you should just like to me if if Kadarius Tony has success on a slant route like that in a certain matchup, try to replicate it, try to do it again. Like show he, Ron, he's not inconsistent. Like I, I like like I the, the trust thing, man. You can kiss off, man. I, with that a little bit, man. I'm sorry. Like you didn't you didn't trust Rasheed Rice the rest of the ball game. Like you didn't trust him the rest of the ball game. Well, what were you looking for? When when Travis Kelsey is like like I just just stop. Like we saw thing. them start to consolidate the playing time. Now it didn't consolidate the targets, but the playing time at least uh, was consolidated in this last game at the wide receiver position. They they started to just go with MVS, Rasheed Rice, and Justin Watson. If you guys could see them, just basically pick three wide receivers that they're going to have on the field. 60 plus percent of the time these the, the, the three players that you pick whoever they are who would you go with the rest of the way because i think it's something they're probably going to have to do in the second half is pick guys and then just bet on them in a big way i mean it, it, rice rice probably tony to me would be in that mix and either either uh watson or hardman yeah i, I mean, would I, go i think that's what it is 
too. Something similar to that. I think MVS and Watson are interchangeable and Watson's slightly better. Yeah, I would go Watson in one of those spots. I, I think I would go Watson, Rasheed. Can't believe I'm saying this, but I think I would go with McColl as the third guy. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, the, I, I could see that. I just, I, I mean, I just, I, I just think there is, those guys have talents and have talent and, and, and can do things. I think each, each individually, none of them are great. And I just, for me personally, I don't think Andy, for one, and Mahomes with this trust shit. Sorry. I, I don't think they have I don't think they have done the I best. Like that. I don't think they have done the best job at getting them in the in the in the best spots. Like I just like like do like like Hardman runs a screen. Like it's like screens and go routes to me. Like yeah. potentially that stuff, right? Like he runs a screen, like there's no screen for Tony. That's one of the better things that he does. Like, it, 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 like the slants. There's no, like, and to me, what happened to, like, I remember the Bears game. Like, this, I'm getting frustrated. The Bears game, they were running Rasheed Rice right off of Kelsey as Kelsey was being double teamed, and Rasheed Rice was just eaten, and it was just easy. It was easy. Nothing was schemed up like that in this game. There was like, like I like we can blame the the receivers and all this. I just don't think. They schemed up things off of Kelsey being defended the way he was in a way to get guys open. The craziest thing, this team is 7-2. and two. They're the best team in the AFC right now. They have a top five defense in the NFL. Their offense is like seventh in points per drive. And we could not be more frustrated. Like that that's where we're at with the Chiefs, and it's just glorious. It's glorious. I'm not even mad about it. I think it's a correct way to view the first half of the season. It's been and, incredibly and it, frustrating. And it's because Chiefs fans know that if your offense is fighting it, even if your defense is really, really good, you are more susceptible. Somebody say the word I'm trying to say. Susceptible. susceptible. Thank you. I can't get it out for nothing. Susceptible of losing. Like, I mean, you're just more like I mean. To, to where all of a sudden, hey man, they got ten points. They got ten points. Bam, a turnover in their in in scoring range. And next thing you know, it's seventeen to ten, and you're like trying to figure it out. Like you, you're we losing. Saw this in 20, we saw this in twenty one, right? When they lost yep. to the Bengals in overtime. It, it, it's that exact game that you're talking about there. That, or I mean, even further. When I was younger, you're losing playoff games, scoring. When you give up ten points. You lose. You lose to the Colts ten to seven. Like you just like when you twenty sixteen Pittsburgh. Yes, yes, twenty sixteen. Your team just kicks all field goals and beats you because your mm-hmm. offense. When your offense just low, and now that we can honestly admit that this isn't a deal where these cats are just playing around. That's the part that is scary. Is like if the if the nine like if the the Broncos can hold them to nine. And the Dolphins can hold them to 14. There's a real fear that this isn't just, I don't know. I don't know if it's going to happen. All right, sir, to get my music. I get really angry right now. You're certified, right? Let's get you certified. I'm an imposter. Let's play the game that is sweeping the nation. Certified 
or imposter. Simply this. We watched this in this game Sunday. Certified or imposter. Trent McDuffie is the Kansas City Chiefs' best corner. I'm going to go imposter right now. I think Trent McDuffie is excellent. I think he is an elite player. I think that Legereus Sneed has proven and, and done enough this season, like coverage wise and like just how good he's been at, at being the guy who has to trail these number one wide receivers. Like, I, I don't think we should just, we should just say that because McDuffie's the shiny young toy, we should overlook what Legereus Sneed is doing this season. Like if the chiefs don't pay Legereus Sneed this off season, somebody's going to give him a bona fide number one corner contract. And he absolutely deserves it. So I, I think McDuffie is elite, but Legereus Sneed has just been so excellent this year. He's right. He's right. And Ron, you know how much I love. I can't believe love, you're saying love, this. Love, 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 <laughs> I love. I cannot believe you're saying this. I love Trent McDuffie. If you're just purely asking me like, hey, you can go out there and you have to cover a guy one-on-one for a Sunday afternoon. I want to say that McDuffie's the better dude because I think he's the better pure cover corner. But with the way that they're officiating things this year and the way that this Chiefs defense operates, dude, Legereus Sneed is going out there and punching receivers in the mouth consistently. When he's been targeted, opposing quarterbacks are 23 for 40 for 230 yards this season. That is insane. Those are insane numbers for a guy who used to have, who used to be seen as a liability in coverage. And now he is a legitimate lockdown number one cornerback who's going up against the best wide receivers in the NFL almost on a week-to-week basis and is shutting them down consistently. He can play in the slot. He can play outside. You can blitz him. He's one of the best corners in the NFL when it comes to what he's doing as a blitzer still. like He's amazing, man. This is a guy that they got to get locked up long-term. If they're going to try to do some business during the bye week, he would be the guy that I would talk to because, my God, has he been good. Yeah, it's imposter if Trent McDuffie is the best. I'm really surprised. I thought I thought last I thought Sunday's game was going to reel <laughs> BK in. Uh, it it is imposter. I I I think that Legereus Need is playing as the best corner in football this year. Like I, like overall, and he like to me the way he's playing, he's already the most versatile because like we we're seeing McDuffie blitz a lot from that slot. But Legereus Sneed is maybe yeah. the best blitzing corner in, in football. Yeah, he you can know, tackle. Do all of the stuff that, that Sneed's doing. No, I mean, and he can tackle. And, and he is, in, in much to your chagrin, he is he is following and shadowing receivers. Like, he, he is rolling with Justin Jefferson. He is rolling with Keenan Allen. He is rolling. Now, now I don't think they moved him when he went in the slot. McDuffie kind of hung in there with Tyreek in the slot, but he's rolling. I mean, he is so physical. As you say, man, he's beating these dudes up, right? Like, and, and I, I honestly got like right now, it would be a travesty if he wasn't a first team all pro. Like if it ended right now, it would be a travesty. And, 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 and they got a pair of good ones. I mean, they've got a pair of good ones. We hear a lot about, different teams around the league, the team they just played with, with the Dolphins and their, and their pair of corners. I mean, it was very clear who had the best corners in the game there, man. Legereus need is you talk about a contract year is our guy, the late Therese Paler would say the contract year is undefeated. 
By the way, you well, know how I know Pro Football Focus is a bunch of frauds. What they had Trent. They've got him as one. they they have him as one of the worst corners in the NFL so far this season, and it's his worst graded season of his career. This that's insane. He's been awesome. Yeah, got Trent McDuffie that's is the number one rated. When I when I break down the fantasy numbers, all these people cite PFF and and like whatever they're grading him on this season. I'm like, okay, well they haven't watched a Chiefs game because I don't know what they're grading because he has been exceptional this season. Like has has any of those guys gotten 80 yards? I I know Tyreek didn't. I know Jefferson didn't. Did Keenan? No. Hell, I don't. I don't think I don't think Keenan got a got 80 yards and he's rolling with them. He had fifty-five. Fifty-five. What in the hell? And they got they got AJ Brown, Diggs, and Chase like on the schedule. I so cannot wait. Monroe had seventy-one. Calvin Ridley had thirty-two. Garrett Wilson had sixty. Jefferson had twenty-eight. Keenan Allen had fifty-five. And in that seventy-one for Monroe, that was Sneed didn't have a training camp. Yep. Like he was he was he was coming straight off the injury and, and I don't even and I don't think he was shadowing him just shadowing no because he's he's in the slot so he he yeah. mostly was going up against uh Trent McDuffie in that one oh boy yeah it's fun to have because I think both of them have a chance to be all pros this year which is insane and McDuffie has that moment that people will remember and continue to hear pro football focus has it rated as the number one corner and and it, and it, it is crazy as he might make it, but man, Snead has been special. I can't wait for that physical matchup between him and AJ Brown. I wonder if he's gonna try to try to beat him up like he like he's done everybody else. All right, fellas, we are out.